So, you're playing for the club championship. After 17 holes, you and your opponent are dead even. You have the honors off the 18th tee. You hit your drive right down the middle of the fairway, 250 yards. Your opponent goes straight right into the woods. You help him look for the ball for about 10 minutes. Finally, he says to you, why don't you go back and get your second shot? I'll look for my ball for a couple more minutes. If I don't find it, I'll go back and tee up again. You go out to the fairway, you hit your second shot. It's perfect, lands about 10 feet from the pin. Just as your ball hits the green, from out of the woods, you hear, found it. The ball comes flying out of the woods, drops about this far from the pin for a gimmick. Here's the dilemma. Do you take the cheating bastard's ball out of your pocket? <laughs> and confront him with it? Or you just keep your mouth shut? Cutline breaks down the WGC St. Jude Invitational. Well, that was fun. All-nighters, link-style golf, an Irish champion at the Open. What more can one ask for? How about a beer? But last week is in the past, and as fun as it was for a few of us, the beat goes on and we broach upon the St. Jude Classic, formerly known as the WGC Bridgestone Invitational, and at the challenging and difficult TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. We're going to Graceland, baby. But before the cut line takes you there, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, and hello UK. And I hope the open hangover is over. And then you guys are feeling a little bit better and getting ready to roll on these Bermuda greens. If you're new to the cut line... Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are! What the fuck took you so long? And returning listeners, welcome back. I'd have to say, Asphincter says what? What? Asphincter says what? 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 Exactly. Welcome back, Cutline Nation. I am Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. The St. Jude is here. And man, does it feel a tad different to not report on a major, but nevertheless, I'm excited to build upon a great week from last week. Now, TPC Southwind is not an easy course. We're going to be in for a wild ride as we have no cuts this weekend. But this show cannot be done without the 6K Maestro. The high-flying, 127-yard-driving, pin-deviating son of a gun. The man who won't play Martin Pillar ever again. The guy behind the guy, behind the guy, behind the guy. Zero Iron Zach, Mulligan Manafort, at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Zach Manafort, Zach, how are you feeling this evening? I am glad to be done with the Open. What a terrible train wreck that was for me last week come on despite despite not playing any rory his awesome scoring day on friday just basically ruined all the leverage that would have had on thursday so i, I don't know i did not do good i i am in a 6k slump uh, i don't know if it's because the major pricing is so soft but uh, this week is no different i feel like i'm not real excited about it but i'll live with it i'm not a fan of a no cut event after a major halfway around the world but yeah, I'll play it. It'll be fun. There's some good value to be had here, and this is the week to turn it all around. Well, my 6K boys made the cut, um, but they did not. The monster did not pull through. Ryan Fox was not top 25, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, DFS-wise, I'm going to give a little good with a little bit bad. Okay, I won 499 
which was great. Four hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's solid, right? But here's the thing. I had eighteen of eighteen golfers through in the mail. And in, that's insanity. And it, that, when you told me that, I was like, how, "You were gonna be rolling in money." I think there was like, what was it, like five percent? Got six. I think it was less. I think it was less. Oh my god! I every three max, every three max, I had all eighteen through that I was that's in, crazy. And, and I overspent last week, and it was just watching on Saturday, just stagnant, not moving. Watching Sunday, actually losing a little bit on Sunday, and. Uh, it was just heartbreaking. I thought it was going to be so much more. Then you look at the five max, the eight dollar five max. Yeah, four out of five of the lineups, six of six through. What did you like a two cent entry? Like, geez, how is that possible? Because uh, I'm awesome. Like, how, like, did you look at? I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that one with such a low six percent, six of six percentage. Are you ready? Are you ready for why? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All those lineups. Had one Dustin Johnson. I told you every single lineup. Now here's the funny thing: all those I done told you all those five or six lineups where I had Rory. If I had gone to another golfer in that top tier, not named Dustin Johnson, yep, I would have had even more six of six throughs to deviate from the Dustin Johnson lineups. But long story short, after Friday's kind of turnaround dj i thought he was going to just shine on saturday shine on sunday and really make uh, make a like a just come from behind but just couldn't find the putter but needless to say the opens over for me and, and it was fun i stayed up every night pulling all-nighters and you know some people call my ass out on twitter you know that's fine <laughs> but like i wanted to watch golf my son wake up in the morning he'd watch golf with me and nice. you know we had a lot of fun he's hooked now He's he's talking about, he's talking about go, the the kid's five. He wants to go to the driving nice. range, and he's like, "When can we go real golfing, Dad?" I go, oh, "Jesus, I don't know. You can't even drink a beer yet, son. What are we gonna do?" Right. But um, you know, it, it was fun, and it, I had a lot of fun watching it, regardless of DFS. I know some of our listeners did well. I know some didn't, but I mean, that was the cake. I, I I I've I've heard complaints from all across the industry about just how poor people did. Um, so, um. Other than that, a big laugh. If you haven't gotten a chance and you, you listen to Gup's Corner and Tambo and all those guys and, and D-Gen, which I highly recommend that you do. Absolutely. Check out Tambo on Mayo and how he just yeah. fucks up the show. And I, I'm not calling him out. Tambo is an amazing analyst and, and everything like that. The guy's great and hilarious. But it's just funny to see how he just is – He's just lost in the whole segment. So it, it kind of gives kudos to everyone in this industry and how difficult it can get. So yeah. it, um, kudos to, uh, you know, Fantasy Degenerates and, and Tambo and Guts and, and Gup's Corner and, and Mayo, of course. But hilarious stuff if you do get a chance to listen to it. But, yeah, anything else from the Open that you want to highlight? Oh, no, I was really excited about it, and I was just disappointed. I mean, it's great. Some great golf and good for for Lowry. I mean, what a win! But on DFS wise, I yeah, I'm done with it. I'm ready to put it behind. I loved it. I I thought the course was fair. Yeah, I thought it absolutely. was challenging. I thought the coverage was 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 fine. You know, the app sucks. The the app, app sucks. I I tweeted that out. I was like, I so terrible. I can't believe that DraftKings was like three holes ahead of the app. Yeah. So that's just disgusting. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And then, of course, you didn't have the shot tracer or shot tracker. Like, the, why can't they just yeah, take can. what they did for the Masters? I, I, you know, I, I thought that too. And I, I don't know if it's because Augusta has just one event a year and they just go balls in on that or like everything they can do for one event. And I don't know what the deal is with, with the Opens. As it rotates around, they can't afford or want to invest in it. But, I mean, you're, you're going to... You're going to gain so much viewership if you just invest in that kind of backbone. That's true. I mean, you can't watch. You couldn't follow along. Like you could not follow along if you weren't in front of the TV. Well, my ass, my ass was in front of the TV for the longest it's been in a long time. I'll tell you that. Nice. Much. Thank God I'm going golfing tomorrow. Yeah. Where are you going? Mistwood. Mistwood in Romeoville. Ooh. You check this out. If you. If Mistwood is like one of the best new courses in Golf Digest in like 2014 or something like that. Nice. It's like a link style course, but um, pot bunkers. But it's it, it's weird. It's, it's it's unique challenge. I'm excited. 
um, I'm golfing. Why am I not excited, right? Right, yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to move on to this week's dumbass. This week's winner goes to Brian Heredia. Brian is the winner of the Bridgestone E5 Golf Balls, a golf ball marker by Tin Cup, and a brand new bag of tees. And, of course, he will also get a plunger for his shitty ass lineups. Brian, he confided. Sorry. What, you're laughing. I got something. Speaking of, speaking of, I forgot. I forgot. I lost my head-to-head last week. Well, we're, we're not there yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, Brian had a really tough week as he rostered RCB and Mr. Irish himself, Roy McElroy. Um, he pulled a U and went all in on those two. And, of course, his ass clown lineups didn't do shit. So, luckily, he's getting something from us to make his open a little bit better. Not the best look, though, for him this weekend. So, winning free shit is the least we can do, Brian. Nice work, buddy. But now, now you know where I'm going to go. It was close, man. It was three points. You lost. We were, we were neck and neck the whole the whole way. Actually, I was behind on Friday, and I was ahead on Saturday. Just couldn't pull it out. It only proves you were wrong. That vivid white is a fair color to place in the vivid golf or the vulvic golf ball line. No, you're right. You're right. I have to admit. I have to admit defeat here. Close as it was, I, I was I was defeated. I was dethroned. Thank you, Mister Patrick Cantlay. Uh, the last one to enter my lineup, which I highly regret now. Hey, or was it Poulter? I don't even remember. One of those two really screwed me. Well, we'll retweet it out at some point. Um, so, but anyways, Evan wins his second box of Volvic golf balls. We're gonna get that prize package out to him this week. Yeah, it'll be soon. I'm having issues shipping to Australia, so I will figure that out, and it will be in the mail shortly. <sighs> yeah, it only ships to the continental U.S. So, prob- well, not only, but free shipping to the continental U.S. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this. I told you last week this show costs us money. It does. Now it costs us even more because it's two boxes. <laughs> well, just buy the balls and ship them yourself. Yeah, I gotta find a distributor. There's no distributor of golf ball. Whatever. Okay. Not Volvic golf balls. Uh, fucking amateurs on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKing analysis. Of the St. Jude Invitational. We're going to do the best we can. Hit it! If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. Cut line is here to give you the plays to build your best lineups week in and week out. Seen a grown man naked. The goal for you is to be in the winner's circle, number one in tournaments, number one in DFS. And the cut line is going to take you there. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide to golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. Fantasy National is helping DraftTees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up on the wrong end of the flag stick, so I ask you, how are your lineups doing? Uh, What do you think, Abdul? Can you give me a number crunch real quick? Uh, yeah, give me a sec. I'm coming up with 32.33, uh, repeating, of course, percentage of survival. Well, that's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or- do this. Leroy This week, the PGA travels to Memphis for the St. Jude Classic. The fairways are tight, the greens are small, and the scoring is at a premium. Past winners in the field include Dustin Johnson. That's it. 
Don't get fooled by stats looking at the wrong tournament history. Runner-ups include Phil Mickelson. That is it. So, good luck with that tournament history. Well, shit, what does that mean? It means that the players you roster better be red hot with that putter or just be scoring machines. The fact of the matter is this entire DFS field is getting 6 of 6 through. Birdies, bogey avoidance, and actual standings have never come at more of a premium. Players are exhausted. They're coming back from a long trip to Ireland where some of the field left a very left with a very bitter taste in their mouth. Now, the average winning score at St. Jude is 13 under par. Ladies and gentlemen, it simply means that you need scoring along with the ability to scramble here at TPC Southwind. The par 4s are beasts, while the par 5s are little minnows. Zach, what challenges are the golfers facing this week? Well, you know, we're going to Memphis, more specifically East Germantown, as you pointed out earlier today. I thought it's, her- so I thought it's Hermann. Hermann Town, Hermann. depending on how you... Hermann? Her mama? You know what I wish? Your mama? Sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. I wish that PGA had more. Like, I wish news broke, like, during our show, and we could just talk about it. That would be nice. We'd have to go live for that, probably on, like, Thursday morning. Like, some asinine, obscene thing. Like, like Dustin Johnson falls down the stairs and, like, breaks his back. No, no. We need, like, gossip. <laughs> like, Jordan Spieth makes a porno. That could work. As awkward as that could be. Anyways, go ahead. Anyway, so yeah, so it's par 70 course this week. 7,244 yards. This course itself ranks between the 9th and 15 hardest courses out of the 50. It usually plays a little bit over par per round, but we should see some low scores here and there. Um, As you mentioned earlier about the tournament history, so this was previously the Bridgestone Invitational. So what you'll see if you're a Fantasy National user, if you're going to tournament history, is all the tournament history that is listed there is for the Bridgestone, which is played on a separate course. So don't be fooled because it has JT winning last year, which is what he did win the Bridgestone, which was played in Ohio, and not the St. Jude FedEx Classic, which it was last year. So Dustin Johnson won at 19 under last year by six strokes. Um, so you may have to just be careful when you're looking at course history because uh, a lot of the documents since these two events have merged into one are taking the course history from the bridge then. So be careful. Anyway, either way, it's a WGC event. It's a no-cut event. The first one we've had since March. So if you're new to DFS Golf, new to PGA, uh, you're all getting 6-6 six six through unless you get the random withdrawals, which can happen, especially since guys are coming back from a major across the world. Uh, you might see guys just come up, show up, tee off, and then withdraw so they can get their check uh, and go on to the next week. It has happened in the past. So just be careful, monitor the news. Uh, we'll see what happens. So for me, you know, you know, we're looking at Bermuda greens, as you mentioned, narrow fairways that are hard to hit. There's water in play on 10 holes, so that's going to be an issue for some golfers. Uh, for me, weather, it looks like a perfect weather week for golf. Uh, winds are only about 7 miles an hour. Gusting up to 10 on Thursday. On Friday, it's even calmer. Temperatures in the mid-80s pretty much all week. Uh, Weekend looks even better than Friday. Low wind, mid-80 temperature, no rain. So there's no weather edge this week. So 6-6, no weather edge. It's going to be pretty straightforward on your research. So for me, looking at the course, I'm kind of keying in on a couple things. GIR's gain because of the small greens. Strokes gained approach. Guys are going to need to be dialed in here. Uh, good drives. You got to be able to hit the fairway and get and get long if you can. Par four scoring from 450 to 500. Seven of the holes are fall within that range, so that's going to be a huge one for me. Scrambling. If you can't get it on the fairway, you got to be able to get up and down or, or get out of the rough and, and make some birdies. And then birdie or better game is my my primary. And then on, I'm kind of tossing my mixed condition model in with uh, proximity from 150 to 175 which is where we see most of these shots fall, and then 175 to 200 uh, for some of the shorter drivers on the tour. So that's pretty much it for me. That's what I'm looking at this week. Uh, how about you? Many of the similar stats that I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at approach, ball striking, scrambling, birdies, birdies are better gain, par four from 450 to 500 yards, greens and regulation gain, and stress gain T to green. Um scrambling's not like a lot of people are going to miss fairways this week i i don't think being off the tee is that detrimental to your game as long as you're a good scrambler 
One thing I am going to look at, though, as I've been doing the last couple weeks, is putting a heavy emphasis on past performance and recent performance, and also looking at past performance on Bermuda Greens and recent performance on Bermuda Greens. I think that's pretty key when you're looking at that, um, is to make sure you look at all those factors and kind of get a, a grasp of how the field's doing. The other thing I'm going to really consider is scoring. Um, it's a stat I have in my private model, and I'm really not going to go, go below someone who scores above 3.90. And scoring is just basically scoring per 18, how often they're going to you know, get birdies better, uh, birdie or better. Um, it's a little bit different of a stat than necessarily um, BOB or anything of that nature, but um, it, my stat incorporates a couple factors. So also Vegas. I, I'm going to use Vegas a little bit more than I normally would. Um, you're going to see a lot of sharp betters maybe get information that we may not have, and you're going to see a lot of line movement. Um, pay attention to Vegas this week. And then the last thing with Vegas, um, I'm not going to just look at outright winning. I'm going to look at that top 25 percentage and really kind of yeah. attack the players in that player pool. I, I think that's key. Um, I know one thing for sure is that it's going to be unique. We've never been in a situation where we've had a major and then a WGC event. So there are concerns about there about players, you know, taking it easy, taking it off or quitting or, or, or withdrawing, whatever the case may be. It's a risk you're going to just have to take. And, and I, it sucks when it happens, like with Louie. I, I think that's a reason why I just don't want to r r roster Louie, but that that's, you know, for a different conversation. But... Um, you know, that's that's kind of where my head's at right now. The um, last thing I'm also I'll always do it. And if you guys have been listening or if you guys know my, you know, DFS talks from other sports, uh, le leverage and ownership. Where can you get it? Where does it make sense? And, it's you know, you kind of attack each each pricing tier with that, especially with all six of six golfers making the cut this week. You have to score and you have to place high. You know the best lineups are going to have all six of the six of their players in the top fifteen, so it's important that that you really, really take a take an edge and a focus on this week. So, anything else you want to add? Nope. Let's get to it. All right. Well, that takes us to our birdie or better segment, where Zach and I break down each tier of golfers in this weekend's DraftKings player pool. We're going to give you a look at our favorite plays as well as the golfers that we intend to fade. Zach, why don't you kick it off for us from that? 11 to 10k range which includes kepka dj rory jt johnny rom and tommy fleetwood fade no i'm just kidding uh i actually only have one interest here this week and it's rory coming off a, a bad a bad well you know a bad thursday i guess i'll say friday he looked spectacular almost made it uh, tons of pressure on him from hometown hero aspect course record aspect last week a lot of distraction. Maybe that had an effect on his first round. It came out fire on Friday. Still almost made the cut. Uh, I'm going to play the, the miscut angle here. And hopefully he didn't spend too much time at home and flew back and got some rest. You know, he's got... Uh, the only thing I worry about him stat-wise... I mean, he fits this course pretty well when I look at it. The only thing that worries me is proximity from 150 to 175. He's, that's his weak spot in the game, and that's the stat that I really weight heavily this week. So he's like 35th, um, which isn't that high for him when he's like top of the charts on everything else. But he's first in birdie or better gained over those last 36 rounds on Bermuda courses. So, you know, I'm willing to throw that stat out because he finds a way to score. Uh, I'm going to have a bunch of Rory this week. I'm probably going to watch ownership, but... I can't see fading him this week. I was all off him last week. He did exactly what I hoped he would do, except for I wish he would have scored last Friday. Um, he's obviously not in terrible form, so I like him. See, I don't want to play the narrative. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be the popular play. Oh, he's going to come back angry. He's going to come back pissed. Uh, I, I, I don't like chasing narratives here. Now, you look at his stat-wise. On Bermuda, last 100 rounds first in the par four 450 to 500 range first in bar, ball striking first mm -hmm. in strokes gained par five first in strokes gained t to green first in birdies second in greens and regulation second in bogey avoidance all right where he struggles is scram scrambling he's middle of the pack but i don't want to play the narrative i'm going to fade 
Rory McIlroy at 11-1 simply because I think he's going to come in super owned and super chalky. And I just yeah, but, I want no piece of it. And I get it. It's a WGC event. Yeah, exactly. I, I get it. But I, I don't want to play the narrative. I could go to DJ, who has his own narrative going right now. I could go to the Brooks narrative of, oh, I don't really give a shit about, you know, non-majors. Bullshit. You're going to tell me Brooks Kepka doesn't want to come out and win? He does. Oh, I'm sure he does. You know, and there's Johnny Rahm and Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, Justin Thomas. I, any of these guys can win. Any any guy in this field can win. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but um, if Rory's going to come over 22%, no thank you. You're not gaining any leverage. And, and yeah, you but- don't need Rory to to win this to DFS. You don't need him. Like, let's say he finishes first. If you have, if you have two through seven in your lineup placed, you're going to beat any lineup with Rory. Okay, but looking at it this way, all of the other guys above in this range made the cut last week. So? All of them. So, so they all played, all played, grueled it out till Sunday, got on a plane maybe Monday, flew back Tuesday, and then I have two days to get back on the right side of the, of the time. I, I don't like it. There's no recovery time. This is an event in the U.S. where it's like you fly six hours, on Sunday, you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to, to rest, relax. You're on a 12-hour flight. Back in time, after playing four days of mentally exhausting golf. These guys are pros. Major. Pros. Yeah, yeah, but pro or not, that's a lot of travel. They're not flying coach. <laughs> uh, you think You think Dustin Johnson is sitting in American Airlines... And some crap. Hey, his body still has to go over. He still he still has to sit there. Whatever. You know. You know. Nah. You're right. You're right. Everyone on this list that we're talking about in this range, they made the cut and they played. Guess who let their nation down? One guy in that list. That's fine. Okay. Guess Spieth does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna you wanna play the narrative? You go ahead. You play it. I'm I I have no interest at this point. I I want I'm gonna look hard at ownership this week. And I'm going to try to leverage it the best I can. If Rory's going to come in top guy, which I think he is, I, I'm I'm just it's golf. No, thank you. Mm. You think he's going to come in number one? Yes. Simply because of that narrative. Uh, I don't think so, dude. It was talked about everywhere. Rory blows up, and then that that what what that triple. That three putt, yeah. That that three putt cost him the cut, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean one, one what was one stroke, right? One stroke, yeah. Would have made it. Did you see Snedeker's tweet? Wish they would have moved no. the cut to plus two so Rory could play. Yeah, well, Messi should have made the putt. Med- should have made eight, any other putt. I guess. I'm gonna tell you a guy I like. Do Unless, it. All right. I lo- don't say Dustin Johnson. Well, I am going to say I like Dustin Johnson, but that's not where I'm going. Good. I'm going to Tommy Fleetwood. All right. All right. Now, now here's another narrative play. People remember Molinari after the second place in going into Sunday and failing to overcome Tiger and the Masters and blah, blah, blah. Different tournament, different guy. All right. Fleetwood is never one on tour. Came close. This game was on point. <laughs> you know, Sunday was hard. Hard golf. It was hard, and he played well on Sunday. It wasn't like he struggled and it was impossible. He just couldn't overcome that difference between uh, him and Lowry. But I like Fleetwood this week. I think he's going to be the lowest owned of this tier simply because everyone saw that he's going to be in second place and exhausted from the second place finish playing on Sunday, playing late. But the guy is from England, making trips across the pond all the time to come play in the PGA Tour. He's used to this. He's able to overcome these kind of differences. Vegas-wise, he's not so bad. He's plus 2,200, okay? And he's a scoring machine at 3.9. All right, World Golf Rankings, 20th overall. I like Tommy Fleetwood. I'm not going to get caught in that narrative of, oh, you know, got in second place, so we shouldn't play him. You know, there's no way he can finish in the top five again, whatever the case may be. He's exhausted. 
no thanks. I like Fleetwood here. I'm going to play him. Yeah, no, I I do like the Fleetwood call. I feel like he's becoming the Ricky Fowler of the tour here. He's second at the Open. What do you get? He got second at, or fifth at the Players. The second at the U.S. Open last year. Second at WGC Mexico last year. And he's getting that runner-up-itis again. But I like him. I mean, he's actually, besides last week, he's coming in pretty well-rested. I mean, he's only played twice in the last five weeks. So that's not too bad. Uh, he's obviously still in good form. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't jump off the page for me though. When I when I look at like hard Bermuda courses, that's my only my only issue is he ends up being like forty fourth overall because he struggles pretty much across the board. So I don't know if it's just a small sample size and that's over twenty two rounds, but he ranks the lowest for me out of the out of that tier. But I do have some interest because he's in such good form. All right. So I don't know. I I mean I get it. I I didn't have him before, but as you were talking about him, I was kind of looking at it. He's actually an interesting play at ten two. Absolutely at ten two, and he opens up salary and is going to be the lowest down. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I I do like that. That, that that's an interesting call. So, you don't like DJ at all? No, I don't think you can pay that much for a guy who just isn't the same person that he's priced as. He's a he's a, when he's Dustin Johnson of years past. I will be hundred percent on board, but he does not look like it at all, and he hasn't for months. I mean, the putter has been brutal lately. It's awful around the green game, brutal, and and I mean, I guess you could turn it around theoretically at any time, but he doesn't putt that well on Bermuda. His best surface is Poa by far. Yeah, yeah, but he's still gaining strokes total off the tee it's just the putting is always just recently just terrible especially at the u.s open where he lost six strokes i mean i don't i don't even know what he lost at the open we don't have that on fantasy national but man i get it the putting but here's why i like dustin johnson is because he's played here before he's won here before he has confidence here It, it brings back you know you know, your knowledge of the course is a key here for him. You know, and these are all just kind of game theory concepts for Dustin Johnson to win this tournament. Um, decent scrambler, great from that 450 to 500 range on par fours. Seventh in ball striking in the last 12 rounds, just struggles with the putting. He's eighth in birdies in the last 12 rounds, still struggling with the putting. Of course, overall, he's elite. He's elite. He's an elite play, and he always is an elite play. I don't know why you don't play Dustin Johnson in this spot. When everyone's going to be on Rory, everyone's going to be on that play. Why not gain leverage with some DJ? It's too much. He's too much. He's too much. Because if you pay that much for him, you're going to have to roster some. I don't even. I don't. I don't even know. There are some well underpriced good golfers. There are. I'll give you a few, but I just I'm not as comfortable with. I will have no DJ this week. I can I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, JT's going to be popular. We'll let other touts talk about him and why he's going to be yeah. so popular. I, I'm I'm going to fade, just simply because yep. of that popularity. You know, just kind of my play. I like Johnny Rahm. He might end up in some of my lineups. Not quite sure yet. But Brooks Kepka, I'm also going to play him. Um, I saw the tee times and I was crossing my fingers, hoping that he would be with JD Holmes again. <laughs> That would be great. I, I was hoping for it. And then just some fight breaks out. But Kepka at 11-6. Yeah, top guy, $11,600. But you're getting six or four rounds of Brooks Kepka guaranteed. I'm going to take a little action there for sure. So, well, that'll move us to – well, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I got Rory. That's it. And I, now you've talked me on to Fleetwood. All right. So, we're going to move down to 9K range, which includes Cantley, Rose, Xander, Stenson, and Cooch. Okay, this is one of my least favorite ranges, but I can tell you who I like. I got Cantley, Rose, and Kucher. And simply is their their ability in this range specifically to play well in that 450 to 500 range. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Stenson is great in that range, but just hasn't really shown that he's the same Henrik Stenson from like last season. You know, even this year, 20th in the open. 
ninth in the U.S. Open, eighth in RBC Canada, but any tournament other than a major, 37th, 48th, 28th, 36th, uh, 24th at the Valspar, missed the cut at the Players, 17th at the API, 54th at WGC Mexico, 39th at WGC St. Jude last year. So that was the Firestone, the Bridgestone. Um, he's coming across the pond from a hard open. That's one of the guys I don't have a lot of interest in. Really? Yeah, I I just he pops everywhere, but because of that, I, I, I like this is a leverage week for me. That's what it is, and and that's how I'm reading it. Stenson's gonna be popular. He's might be the most popular in this range. I think the closest that could actually Cantley will probably be number one, but I think Stenson's a close second. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from, but I I just don't know how you can you can fade him here. I mean, he's he's underpriced. He can still let you build a decent set of lineups. Uh, he's only got eight rounds here, but of those eight rounds, he was first in GIR's gain, six in par four, four fifty five hundred, and first in good drives. He knows how to play here. He's done well. I just can't. I don't know. I'm looking at he ranks third overall for me just on the last thirty six rounds on Bermuda courses. First in strokes gained approach. I don't know. I can't. I don't think I can fade him here. I'm gonna have. I'll probably match the. Eh, you can't really match the field. I'll be overweight on Stinson. I think. All right. Well, that's fine. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not gonna touch him. When's the last time he was on Bermuda? The players. Probably. So I, I have to go back and look. But yeah, probably. So like, it's not. It's not like Bermuda being out Bermuda long term history. I think makes more sense than short term history. You know. Oh yeah. Sure. In, in recent like last twelve rounds. Stenson is is just kind of middling in that 450 to 500 range, 45th overall. He struggles in the proximity in the last 12 rounds. He he just doesn't look like Henrik Stenson. Um, that's why I'm gonna fade him. Cantlay is that chalk I'm gonna buy. I think at 9800, he's someone that you could to- most definitely take a piece of, especially when you look at his last 12 rounds. He's played so well. Eighth in approach, seventh in ball striking, sixth in that 450 to 500 range, and he's scrambling very very well. The only place he's struggling is the strokes gains on par fives, and I'm willing to kind of like look past that because these par fives are so easy here at Southwind, and that's where he's going to get his scoring. So, um, 26 in bogey avoidance, but third overall in strokes gained tee to green. Only two golfers in the last 12 rounds are better than him in strokes gained tee to green, and that is Adam Scott and Rory McIlroy. Um, Justin Rose, and the reason I want to look at Justin Rose is because he played so well at the Open. I'm willing to take pieces of Justin Rose because of that that recent form, the way he played. And believe me, I watched him a lot. He looked <laughs> good. And that's someone I want at a WGC for four rounds. So I'll have pieces of Justin Rose. And the last guy is Matt Kuchar. I mean, he just fits this approach shot course so well. Um, the last 12 rounds, his, his, his game hasn't been as on point as I would say in years past. But... Um, I think that he was just playing the wrong style course. Playing a Lynx course, his stats would kind of detract and, and get a little bit worse. So that's something to think about. You know what, though? Going back to Stenson, it is something I'm going to have to revisit, I think, come Wednesday to make a final decision. Yeah, I think you got to look at where the ownership falls for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on, on Cantley and Cooch, though. I, those are the only two guys I, other than Stenson I have written down in the 9K range. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to that 8K range. Um, I want to start with my fade. Do it, Matsuyama. Ah, all right. We are so opposite this week. I like it. It's good. It is really good. Um, scoring machine was on fire. Sucked at the open, right? Sure. Um, and then I, I forgot where I read it. I think it was from DFS on demand that. Matsuyama, his like strokes gained average drops almost like a stroke and a half at WGC events, and that's good. that's concerning to me, especially when a guy's gonna be this chalky. And this range is loaded. So really, you think you think he's gonna be chalky in this range? I think he's he's actually priced right. I'm not saying he's priced wrong. I'm just saying his recent form, other than the miscut at the Open, screams ownership. His scoring ability yeah. screams ownership. 
and you look at the stats model that people are going to pull from Fantasy National, and they're going to be all over him. He's fourth overall in the last 100 rounds. Third in approach. Sixth in ball striking. First in that proximity from the 175 to 200 range. Ninth in birdies. Like, we're, we're not going to be the only ones looking at these key stats. There's going to be other people out there. But th- th- this is a leverage play. It's a WGC event. How are you going to gain leverage? By eating the chalk, by fading the chalk. Matsuyama's a guy I don't want. It's interesting. I figured all the ch- I figured the chalk this, in this range is Adam Scott. I think he burned so many people last week that that's a case of people not wanting to own him. Oh, if that's the he case, picked the he, lo- pick, pick, he picked the wrong putter. Yeah, that's fine. Great. If that if that's the case and he doesn't come in highest on in this range, then I will absolutely agree with you and pivot all the Adam Scott I can get. I like Adam Scott as well. And to me, he ranks number one in my model for me overall for the last. Uh, yeah, on well, if you just say long term form, Bermuda, difficult fairways, first in approach, first in GRS gain, eighth in birdies are better, sixth in good drives and 12th and par four 400 or 500 450 to 500 scoring i do know he that adam scott's it. least favorite putting service is bermuda Con- does funny. that bother you at all uh no it does not it does not it does not let's see how do you do with the players he gained 2.6 strokes at the players on bermuda that's the best he's putted since february this year well, a quick glance at his history on tour, at least up to 2012, I do not believe that Adam Scott has ever missed two cuts in a row. Well, he's not going to miss this one. So that gives me pause to kind of want to attack Adam Scott when others are potentially fading him. You really think – I thought he was so chalky last week. You think people are going to own him this week? He was chalky last week. Almost 30%. Jesus. But I think people own him. I think so. All right. I mean, he's just so – he just fits so well. If, we're, if you're looking at stat models, he jumps off the page to me. I hope he's not. I hope, I hope he's – I still think he'll be over 20, but – It's potentially – it could be that high. That's true. Could be that high. So, uh, DeChambeau, what do you think? Nah, uh, nah. I was all over him last week. He, he's only probably the only one that kept me from making a lot of money because I think I had like God, 40%, 35% DeChambeau. He's not bad on Bermuda. No, he's not. He's not. And he's coming back home early. True. I mean, he fits the other category. I'm saying the same thing about for other people. You know, long-term on Bermuda, where he struggles is scrambling, 59th overall. He's 52nd in bogey avoidance and 40th in the field. So those are kind of concerning for me that I may not want the Shambo. Um, I might want to go over underweight, but that's going to be based on ownership purposes. Currently looking at him at about 17%. That's a little too high for me to want to roster DeChambeau mm-hmm. when I could go oh, down thanks. to like someone like Jordan Spieth or Finau or Day. You know, these all all these golfers in this 8K range are elite and can win. So, I I don't necessarily need that chalky play. So, speaking of someone in this range, is Lowry gonna show up? <laughs> uh, I think he's probably the one at risk of teeing off and withdrawing at this point. I don't even think you go. I think he has to. It's like, um, he has to, right? Why? Doesn't he have some agreement? Yeah. Isn't it just bad form not to go? Isn't that why? What's I, God, I can't remember who teed off and withdrew like two years ago. That like just because he had to. Dude, he's gonna be so hungover. I know. I I want none of him. I just don't. I mean, even if he plays, it was Berger. It was Daniel Berger. Sorry, he at the Bridgestone. He teed off and then withdrew, so he can get fifty grand. That a boy. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he, he's. Let's see. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll probably get back Tuesday. I completely hungover. Yeah, no thanks. I mean, why take the risk? That's true. Why take the risk? Jordan Spieth. Nope. Kind of with you on that one. 
Just nope. I'm just there's. I don't even want to talk about him. I don't like him. All right, a guy I was on last week, who I'm going to be on this week again, is Tony Finau. The guy was actually solid all around. At, at great short game, finished third at the Open. Surprising. Champ. It wasn't surprising. He played great all weekend. His approach game was pretty, pretty yeah. And that's what worries me this week. His approach game was not, eh. He lost strokes. Well, who didn't lose strokes last week? The only reason he came in third is because he was a monster off the tee. 13.2 strokes gain off the tee. Get out of here. That's not, no way he can repeat that. He's feeling good, man. That's fine, but you're, you got to have an approach game here. You have Dude, to. Dude, around the green, he looked good, and putting, he looked good. What, what more do you need here? An approach game over the water from 175 to 200? He's not hitting the water that much. Well, there hasn't really been much water events lately, to be fair. To be fair, true. When he hit, when, since his approach game has started to struggle since the memorial, there hasn't been too much water to worry about. I think Finau's a good play. I, I know he doesn't necessarily fit the mold of this course, but with the WGC event, he played so well. And he's 10th overall in, in the last 100 rounds in bogey avoidance. I, I, I have to have pieces of Finau, especially on those par fives where he can get eagles and give you that scoring. He's going to struggle with scrambling. He's going to struggle with proximity. I get that, but he'll make up for it. He'll make up for it in his tee to green game. He'll make up for it in greens and regulation. Um, I know his approach game is kind of kind of suspect, but I mean it's not as bad historically as someone like Lowry or someone like Speed in this same range or someone like you know uh, Louis, who kind of have those like approach games that are not elite. I like Fino here. Yeah, I mean I see what you're saying. I just I I just don't I don't trust his approach game. It's not in the right. I mean previous years, yeah, he's been great, but. Last six weeks. I don't like it. All right, give us one more guy you like in this 8K range. Uh, if I got to pick one. <sighs> Gary Woodland. I'm going to go a little bit off the wall, I think. So for me, when I look at Woodland's performance on Bermuda, he does pretty well. GIR's gained. He's number four. Good drives on these courses with hard fairways. number three. He makes 23rd in par 4, scoring 4,500, which isn't that great, but at 8,100, it's not bad. 26th overall for birdies or better, but where he does crush it, if I can recall the stat correctly, is he is 7th overall from proximity from 150 to 175, which is where all these shots are going to fall. And even if he hits it short, he's 19th from 175 to 200. So he ranks out number 11th for my mixed condition model. At 8,100, it's a steal. Uh... I love it, and I believe he also came home early last week as well, so he should be pretty well, uh, well rested for this week. Yeah, I like Woodland scoring ability. I'm all bored. Oh, I'm sorry. He can't, he t seventeen at the. Oh no, that was I'm looking at the wrong thing. He missed the cut, right? Wood last week. Woodland? Did he? Am I high? What am I looking at? I'm all fucking backwards. Yeah, he missed the cut. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, he came home. You're, so you're thinking he's, of Westwood. Rested. No, no, no. Woodland missed the cut yeah. last week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. I was looking at the WGC strip from last year. Yeah, so he's coming back early. I like him. I, I love him. Yeah, I, lo- I love I lo- him and another guy we'll talk about later. I, I love his, his scoring ability. So, um, Anyone else in the state K range you want to touch upon? Uh, I have interest in Webb Simpson, but that's about it. About it. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. So let's move to that 7K range. Why don't you kick it off for us? Uh, I think the chalk here, and he falls into the miscut last week. Uh, Ches Reevy, I just think oh, he fits. he's everywhere. He's just he's being just... touted everywhere. Ah, oh, come on! I haven't listened. I've been so so cr- crushed with work this week. I haven't listened to anything. He just stat wise, just top ten and birdies are better. Good drives, stroke gain, JRS gain. Over on these type of courses, I was just like, oh my god, seventy nine hundred for um, yes, all of them. But if he's being touted everywhere now, i got to rethink he's it. He's third right now in my ownership projections. Ugh. Behind Rory. I've said behind, it a million times. I hate Chalk Chaz Review. Behind Rory and JT. He got T6 here last year at the FedEx St. Jude Classic. No, thank you. I, I don't want the Chalk. I hate Chalk Chaz. I, hate it. I, I just want no piece of it. 
How many people are going back to RCB? Me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I had 40% of him too last week. Going back to Chessy, I, I see the appeal though. Like, Chess is a scorer. He fits the course very well. And I get the, the, you know, I get the reason to play him. Okay. But if you know that everyone in this field is going to make be playing on Sunday, unless you get a withdrawal or whatever the case may be, why, in God's name, are you going to eat 22% chalk? I just don't see it. It's a poor leverage play. No, I'm with you on, on this in particular individual. Yeah, I'd, I was hoping he wasn't going to be as chalky as it sounds like he is. Yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be very chalky. All right, who else you got? Uh, A guy I like in this field is Mark Leishman. Yeah. Okay. Guy's great at scrambling. He's great in that proximity game. Great at avoiding bogeys. Decent at scoring birdies. Okay. I like Leishman for that. Now, he does give me pause because he struggles in that kind of 450 to 500 par 4 range, which is fair to say. Plus, he missed the cut last week at the Open Championship. So, Reason for him necessarily isn't the best, but the guy could score. Okay, 3.9. I told you I was not passing that 3.9 scoring threshold this week, and it's 7,600. I think Leishman's a steal. He's 24th overall in the, in the, in the world golf rankings, and he's 7,600. There are guys who are ranked far worse than him. Putnam, for example, 46th is 7,800. So I, I'm going to go to Leishman this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you on everything you said. I have Leishman as well. I, I like that a lot. Another guy oh. I love in this range is Furick. Yep. This course screams Jim Furick. You've got it. And Another the one. approach game, the short game, you don't have to be long off the tee to dominate this course. It fits Furick. You know, he, he I, I was expecting more from the open. I thought he would be able to compete with everyone kind of like clubbing down to be successful, yeah. and I thought he'd be able to handle the distance difference. But, you know, he struggled. He did make the cut. So, and he is also a cause of concern being a little bit older to do a, like a withdraw, but I think Furick has a little bit more integrity than to do that. So, and Furick is someone that I have some interest in. No, I like it. I think Furick fell into the the trap that we talked about last week where he just didn't play for so long and then he came out and just didn't play well. I mean, he hasn't played took four, four and a half weeks off before he played the Open. So, old guy, there's definitely some rust there. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I have I have a lot of love for Fjork this week. Um, he's a monster from the 150 to 175 range. ranks ninth for me. Um, struggles if he gets a little bit further out from 175 to 200 where he's 33rd, but I think he's he's a pretty accurate guy off the tee. I don't think we'll have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's underpriced. Seven K is, is is criminal for for Fierk. Seven K is criminal. So, a guy gaining a lot of steam this week, Billy Ho. What do you think? Yeah, Billy Ho. I like it. Cut last week at the Open. Uh, he'd only missed one cut before that, going back to July, and a handful of top tens in there. My only issue is like the rest of them have been like mediocre finishes. So. I, I don't know. I'm interested because he's he grades out well and, and good drives and GIR has gained and the par four from 450 to 500. Uh, the where he struggles is scoring on he's 53rd, which I think caps his upside a little bit. So I, I don't know. I was initially in on him, but the the more I look into it, he's just not. His, I don't know what his ceiling is. Like T20, maybe potentially in this field is that is that enough? I guess you get four rounds out of him, but if he's not a consistent scorer, then what does it matter? That's true. If you're not getting that scoring, it's not going to help you this week. Yeah. The more I look into it, I had him, and I think I'm, I'm, I've talked myself out of him at this point. He does put, And maybe I go back. He puts well on Bermuda. And I think, you know, what, you know what it was? was when I initially did this research and I looked at the tournament history, he had full, three top tens, but that was at Bridgestone. That's true. And I think that's what pulled me in on them. So I think I'm I, for that. I think I'm I'm off right now. Okay. And I hope he gets talked up. Uh, one guy simply because I watched him endlessly this weekend was Cam Smith, um, at seventy one hundred. 
I think he's going to come in lower owned than he should. He's not the greatest Bermuda putter, which is okay, but he finished 20th at the Open and 29th at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You're talking about a guy who is only um, 7,100 and could finish top 20. I like that ability in the WGC event. Camp Smith, for me, just because of his recent form, is in play. And I know long-term it doesn't look as pretty, but still, I, I loved how he played at the Open, and, and he's someone I'm going to be on in this 7K range. Um, anyone else in this range you want to touch on? So, what do you think about four rounds from Bubba Watson this week? I was It crossed my mind. Okay. It absolutely did. Now, not the greatest putter on Bermuda. Right. But no one really is. Like no one in this field is really a good putter in Bermuda. No, no one is. But he had his little stint of, you know, miscuts and, and poor finishes like he kinda always does around that June late July kind of time. And then all of a sudden he turns it back on. So the question is, are you gonna catch him at the right moment? Well, I think he's so underpriced that he doesn't even have to be good. We, he, he just has, has to, to be, be good. Ab- the, all anyone you roster to win this week has to be good. Everyone's I don't making think the, in the cut. Se- you can't at seven K. At seven K, you're getting four rounds out of him. If he, you're he thinking plays. of it wrong. No, I don't think so. I and I, I'm just saying. I'm not saying he can, he's going to be bad. I'm just saying if he is an average Bubba, he's still going to finish around thirtieth. And at seven K, you're okay there. You're not okay there. You absolutely are if you've got the other three, four guys, five guys up in the top ten. You need six guys in the top 20 to win. Nah. I don't want to cash, dude. I want to fucking win GPPs. I want six guys in the top 20. If you have one, two, three, four, five, you win. Give me a hot Bubba Watson, and yeah, I see it. You know, I see he's turning the corner. He he played the best golf he's played in since, what, March? April? The Masters? The Masters was the only time he's played better than he did last week. But he does this every year. That's good. So, I mean, are you going to catch time. him? Right? Like, is this the upswing? Is, is is Thursday the upswing start for Bubba Watson? Now, on Bermuda, he's a good player. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. But, you know, 7th in ball striking, 10th in, in, in that 450 to 500 range. But he's just a bad scrambler. So if he's missing fairways, is that going to affect his game enough this week to cause your lineups to not cash as well as they should? I would be concerned about that. I would be concerned about the fact that he's not that birdie getter, especially on Bermuda. In the last, like historically, just doesn't do the birdies as well as as one would like. And that's my hazard. Like. He's not the big scorer that 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 he was. No, he's not. But I mean, he he can be. All right, it's still there. It's still in there. I I, it's gonna come down to whether or not you believe Bubba Watson's gonna turn it on. I don't think he's going to, and I hope you're right. I hope you roster him and and, and he gets like top fifteen. But I I just don't see it happening. I don't want to roster guys who I think are finishing below twenty fifth. It's just not my goal. It's not my goal for the week. You got to come in with a different mindset for a WGC. Six of six, six of six. Your golfers are making it through. I need these guys who are going to be fucking scoring like crazy and avoiding bogeys. That's what I need. And I don't think Bubba Watson can do that for me this week. We shall see. I, I mean, I see your point, but we shall see. I still, I still like him. I still like a bounce back spot here. I will have some. I'm not saying I want to be crazy. But I will have some. All right. Last guy in the 7K range I want to talk about. And I don't even want to talk about it. I want to ask you about him. The Wolfman. Yeah, man. I've got I've got him. I've got him as just he's an unknown. I mean, he's he's coming in with confidence. I mean, the guy is just playing some lights out golf. I, I think you have to have some exposure to him because you just don't know how he's going to perform in this field. I, I agree with you. I, I think he's someone that you need pieces of, especially in your MMEs. Like you yeah, need, I, I, it, it, like your tight MME cores, you need Matt Wolf, I think, to sprinkle in places. I think he's key. He's got something to prove. I mean, he said he's why go out on the course if you're not playing to win. Like he's his mindset isn't like 
yeah, you know, make a couple cuts, you know, play, play well, work on my game. If, he, if he's not going to go out and he doesn't think he can win, he doesn't want to play. I mean, th- this guy is hungry. That's true. That's true. All right, anyone else in this 7K range you want to touch on? Uh, I have some interest in Danny Willett, honestly. Played well. And ma- mainly because he is, for me, he grades out number one as one, in the 150 to 175 range. And, and that alone, plus he's playing pretty well. I mean, sixth at the Open, twelfth at the U.S. Open, eighth at the RBC. I mean, the dude is phenomenal. I I like it. I will have a bunch. Granted, as always, he's not a good putter on Bermuda, but I I like him. I think his price is great, and I'll, I'll have more of him than I will of Bubba. I'll tell you that much. A guy I'm willing to take a flyer on in this range is Ian Poulter. He's been atrocious lately, abysmal. Miscut at the Open, miscut at the U.S. Open, seventieth at the Schwab. Missed the cut at the PGA. Something is crazy wrong with his game. Now I'm going to be underweight on Poulter. Like, this is more of a flyer play, hoping he turns it around. But we're talking about a guy who just this year finished 10th in the Heritage, 12th at the Masters, 23rd at the API, 3rd at the WGC Mexico. Okay? He's a great, great, great Bermuda putter. Great Bermuda putter. Something that appeals to me here. Okay, historically, great in approach. Okay, so is he going to turn around? Whatever's going on, be it injury, whatever the case may be, I'm not sure. But he's most definitely at 7,400. I think he's egregiously underpriced. I need pieces of Poulter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Poulter was what made me lose my head-to-head last week. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I like him. He, he's got he played here once in the last two years and got 31st in 2017. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't see a reason why. For me, I mean, he also, when I look at just like Bermuda hard courses, he's first in par four, 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 450 to 500. Man, I can't say that today. Um, so, yeah, I, I like his upside. Nice. Well, that'll take us to our MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I give you our monster, our top 25 play, and our guarantee, guaranteed to make the cut. The problem here is that everyone is going to make the cut. So, Zach, I'll go first because we're switching it up here. Your monster like your it. monster is your top 25. Okay. Your, your second guarantee monster, the one we're replacing, top 10. So your 6K right. guy that you believe can go top 25 and then your 6K guy that you can go top 10. That's how we're switching it up. For me, my top 25 goes to Nate Lashley. All right. Simply said, Lashley is a scorer, and I've been attacking these scores uh, on, like on a scorer course. Now, does somewhat struggle long term, especially on Bermuda, but I'm okay with that because his recent form has been much, much better. Now, it's not that bad. He's 27th in approach, 21st in scrambling, 23rd in strokes gained par 5 where he does struggle is that proximity, and that is a big concern being that these are smaller, tighter greens. But I'm willing to suck it up, especially with a uh, 6.5 guy, because his best putting surface is Bermuda. Okay, it is Bermuda. Now, he didn't miss the cut at the Open, but he had a 26 at the John Deere, and he won the Rocket Mortgage Classic, 28 at the U.S. Open. Um, Someone I have a lot of interest in, for sure, Nate Lashley. Now, my top 10, Killa Keith Mitchell is where I'm going. <laughs> Bringing it back. I, I have to. I mean, the guy's a scoring machine. This It's a perfect spot for him. I think he's going to come in low-owned to where I want his scoring ability on my rosters. And I would love putting these guys in lineups and leaving so much money on the table just to differentiate my lineups from everyone else. I hope people max out. I really do. So I'm differentiating with ownership. I'm differentiating with line of construction and how much money I'm allocating towards that salary cap. So I, I, I mean, I know I'm going to have lineups that, that hover in that 44,000 to 46,000 range and it's hard to swallow, but it's for sure a way to win. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I like both those calls. All right. Your six K monster and, and mega monster. Oh man, so I've been off the last two weeks after being straight fire for like six weeks straight. You... So I'm coming back. I'm coming back with it. 
I've got it's it. I, I've got the I key. like touted you and said you were the greatest 6K guy around. Well, I'm gonna I'm cracking the can back open. So this is this is a good one. So I'm gonna go digging deep here. So we're going what monster first, top 25 or top 20? Uh, top 25. All right, top 25. How Tong Lee. Ooh. <laughs> 6600. So reason being, okay, he missed the cut last week at the Open. He 52nd at the U.S. Open, 37th at Memorial. Blah 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 blah. The last two WGC events he's played, it was in Mexico where he got 19th and HSBC where he got 11th. So he can do it. But what really tees me off is over the last, uh, God, I don't even know how many rounds. I think it's this year. Yeah, this year he ranks second on tour for proximity 150 to 175. So that is the area I'm waiting heavily. So I think he definitely has T25 upside here. Um, he also comes in you know, 35th and JR has gained on these types of courses, so I think he's got the ability to make it. And I think he will basically be not not owned at all. So, I love him. I don't think he's ever... Actually, he's surprisingly coming higher on than I thought. He was 3% owned at the Open, which is shocking. Um, but I still, sticking with it. So, Mega Monster, Mr. No Putt, Keegan Bradley. <laughs> Gross. Another miscut, another miscut, but the putter has been on. He gained four strokes at the 3M. He gained 9.8 the, the one time a year that his putter gets hot. So we're going to go for number two here. Uh, he If his putter could be on, which Bermuda is his worst surface by far. If his putter is on, I think Keegan Bradley is, is what are we, top 10? Is it 10? Top 10. Top 10? 10. Top 10? Oh, that's tough to swallow. I, I, I am swinging for the fences with Bradley. But I'll take it. I'm taking it. You know, if I'm going to fade anyone in the 6K range, I think it's Keegan Bradley just because he just pisses me off so often. Oh, I don't like – I don't – I didn't like him being my monster but, or my mega monster, but I, uh, I'm going to do it. God, we got to – I was going to – Keith Mitchell was, was close, but you have him, so I'm not going to – I'm not going to You could have taken him. No. No, we're not going to be the same. I was the same as you last week on one guy, and it screwed me. How did it screw you? You made the cut. It, yeah, I did. My monster failed. Shoot. Who's in the field this week, by the way? Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. <laughs> all right, well, that'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the St. Jude. Join us next week as we break down the Wyndham Championship. Again, thanks to Fashion Na- Fantasy National and PGA for all their hard work. Zach, thank you for all thank that you. you do on this kick-ass show. Much, much, much appreciated. And we appreciate you, the listener. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas. And, of course, you can find the cut line at TCutLine. Six of six, boys and girls. That is the goal Go and get them. 100%. Go and get them.